Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check, 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 You're special, special, you do I can see it in your eyes I can see it when you laugh at me Look down on me and walk around on me Just one Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whenever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Tony Chibeki with you, Welshy, Lyle, how are you boys? Very good, eh, Tony? How are you? Excellent, thank you. Lyle, how are you? I'm going well, mate. Great weekend of wrestling. I'm excited, mate. Yeah, and also we welcome Jules into the conversation. Hello, Jules. Hello, I love professional wrestling, especially over the last week. Yeah, Fantastic. Wow. A bit early for you, Jules. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was still like asleep. <laughs> I was waiting for the call from Tony to say, "Fuck's sake, get in there first. <laughs> You're never going to get it. Uh, great interview last week with the Renegades of Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I could listen to Fresh and Mikey talk about wrestling all day. It's um, well, we the almost passion did. that the, the, we almost did. We could have if we hadn't stopped <laughs> the interview. Fresh would still be going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the passion that those two guys have got for wrestling is um, phenomenal and it comes across. Yeah. Um, just listening to them talk makes you more excited for uh, Renegades, you know, big plans next year. You know, yeah, looking forward to the rollout. You know, more people they're going to uh, announce, you know, the company's in good hands. Yep, it certainly is. All right, guys, I'm going to head off because I've got a preordained gym Visit, so I'll leave you. You told me you were cooking dinner. I'll do dinner soon, but I've got to go to the gym first. Is Jim mowing the lawn or putting a new antenna in? I'm meeting him at the pub. Nice, so I'll be back soon. But in the meantime, I'll leave you guys with this interview. So we're joined by a very special guest today, one of the bosses, one of the head people behind. Deathmatch Down Under. Aaron is here to, to talk us through what is a historic weekend in Australian wrestling. Um, 
the first ever deathmatch uh, tournament in, on these shores. And then also what's looking like a really big month for DMDU. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. And yeah, it's a massive month. I'm exhausted already. I can imagine. Um, talk to us a little bit about how, you know, you've had a few false starts with this tournament, it's fair to say. Talk to us. We'll go on to, we'll talk a little bit about how disappointing that's been. But when we got an idea of opening back up, how quickly were you and the team jumping into gear to get this tournament running again? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, like you said, there was a, quite a few, probably maybe two false starts, I think, in there. Like we we knew that that first postponement was happening um, and we were optimistic and we put a, a new date ahead of us in, when was that, bloody October? And then that didn't happen. It was a snap happen. lockdown. So yeah. it was only a snap lockdown. <laughs> it was only a snap lockdown that lasted how long? Like almost three, three as long months. as the first one. Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, it was tough. And look, to be honest with you, I was uh, probably quite like I was probably the the pessimist in the room with the team. I was the defeated one, thinking I'm because it's almost like a a trauma thing. You like you get locked down that first time, and it's so heartbreaking. And for that to sort of happen again, I was like, I'm not prepared to start planning until we know that this is happening for sure, right? And even now, I'm like, <laughs> you know. Who knows? But um, no, I'm, I'm, I am feeling a lot better now. And I think after restrictions started to ease, we all had the chance to get together again in person. Um, and that really Remind just... Remind each other what you look like. <laughs> see each other from <laughs> the waist down and be like, yep, cool. Joel's still short. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried his wrestling boots on the other day and I couldn't get into them. They were so tiny. Um, yeah, no, just seeing everyone in person was just like the, the sort of motivation that I needed to get back in the game. Um, so as soon as we had that, I was like, all right, let's go. And then from there, the whole team, the momentum was back and the energy was back. And yeah, everyone's so excited now, given it's, it's just a few days away. Um, but it's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. Uh, I'll, I'll feel, I'll feel better when it's done. <laughs> Um, if I knew this was going to be a shoot interview on Joel, I would have prepared different questions. <laughs> uh, Steering away from throwing shade on Joel. So we know you as the uh, head of community engagement. So you, all of that work that we talked about with the code of conduct and the wellness plans, and, and you're very much all about fan and talent safety and professionalism. Um, how has that changed since you, know, you last put on a show? Does that mean that your role has to subtly be different as we come into these next few shows? I like to think that since we started over the last year, our roles have almost become more fluid. Like we're doing a lot more of each other's work and covering each other's bases as needed as a, a team tactic to preserve each other's spoons, but mostly as well just because we're getting more confident to running all the aspects of a, of a good promotion. I, I'd like to think that, um, you know, I've had a good influence on the team and being able to direct them to places to get that information to, to safeguard. And I've learned a lot from like a, a physical wellness point of view and a, um, a treatment perspective from our myotherapist, um, Louise. She's so great. And the knowledge, 
I can shoot on Joel, but at the same time, I think you guys know how much I adore him, like the knowledge that he brings from the perspective of a wrestling veteran and what that means for his body, but his mind too, um, has really encouraged us to adapt a really holistic view to wellness. It, it, wellness is not just this thing that I managed over here in the corner about inclusivity and all that stuff, but it's about maintaining the, you know, the, the satisfaction of our talent where with their bookings, making sure that the communication is streamlined, um, that everyone's on the same page and that if anyone has grievances about like, you know, whether it's policy or whether it's their bookings or whether it's just a venue concern, whatever it might be, like that they're able to come and talk to any of us. I'd like to think that that's what our um, vision was from the beginning, but I can see that we're feeling a bit more confident in, in those um, different areas of, of managing the promotion and, you know, that can only get better. I think the more that we're in person and interacting with talent more, um, which, you know, we've sorely missed, but it's, it's just around the corner. So that's exciting. It must be pleasing because when you are jumping into promoting for the first time properly, um, yeah. you must have had some some doubts in in whether you're going to be listened to by a team, whether you're going to what value you're going to add, and then to see everyone sort of championing championing your cause um, and making that their own as well, um, and then teaching you things about um, about what their their background and their knowledge. It must be really pleasing to have a team that's so um, supportive of each other. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, it's a family. Um, I think from from day one for me, it was it was I was always really interested in creative. Um, and when I first met Joel, like one of the first interactions we'd had, he, he was like, "You'd be really you have a good mind for this stuff." Um, he probably says that to everyone, but he was like, you've got a good mind for this creative stuff. And, you know, getting that feedback helps my confidence, um, being able to contribute to booking and uh, character arcs and being able to bring a, a, a different lens because we think about wrestling, it's just, it's a storytelling medium. And if we think about the people in mainstream media, in wrestling who have the power to tell stories, it's a certain type of person. So being able to bring a different perspective, lived experience, to those narratives and to be able to pitch those things and provide a bit of like um, just like a bit of assurance that we're heading in the right direction in terms of our stories because as well as the, the practical care and wellness that is the reality, it's, you know, kayfabe, we're actually looking after each other, but to make sure that the stories themselves are also inclusive and diverse Um takes a bit of vetting sometimes, you know, like we might pitch angles that are inspired by, you know, attitude error. That's because that's what we've all grown up with. And we go, Oh, how do we spin this in a, in a 2021 way? You <laughs> Let's know, pivot. How, Let's pivot. how do we pivot this to make it not uh, attitude error anymore, but like take the bits of that that are valuable and contextualize it for the present um, is, is sort of my perspective, but it's fun. Like it's fun. It's the fun part. So <laughs> I enjoy it. It's, it's funny because um, I have a conversation last week with Mikey J um, about a lot of the, of the wrestling fans in Melbourne who come from really creative backgrounds, like they're authors and they're, they're writers and all that sort of thing. And a lot of women. Um, and we we're having a discussion about how we can get more of these women involved in some of the storytelling because of the different lens and how wrestling has been so male dominated for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it's, it's probably just as simple as making the call and asking them, to be honest. Um, but there I seems so. to be a reluctance. I, I think it's it's multifaceted, right? Like there's there's two approaches. There's like making those spaces available for people and like because so, I work in like arts sector, creative media sector outside of wrestling. So there needs to be active recruitment for those sort of positions, yes, um, and opportunities made for people to enter places like ours. Um, but it's also about shifting culture, which is like what we've been talking about since day dot, like how do we change the narrative as a community that, to make it one that is not one that is I feel safe walking into this place as a queer person as a woman you know um I feel like I'm gonna be heard I feel like I'm safe and I don't know when I come when I'm at our shows and I've had friends come to shows who've never been to a wrestling match in or event in their life and they're just like whoa this is so cool like look at the different types of people in this room who are all just here having a good time watching idiots smash glass over their heads like <laughs> it's just so bizarre it's such a bizarre like um coming together of, of a, a community that is so unique and just the more voices and people we can bring to that the better so yeah it's definitely a communal effort um and there's no there's no you know I can't give you a checklist of things to do to make that happen it's about cultural change and and that's slow and steady but and mistakes are made along the way of course but that's how we learn and that's how we grow and I think we're doing that I think we're on track during this most yeah. recent post- postponements of shows, what have you missed most about not being around the team or you know, even things you might not have realised you missed that now that you're getting back together and, you know, big month ahead, you know, three shows in three weeks is absolutely crazy. But, you know, what have you missed most? Mm. The payoff of the event, like just, I mean, yeah, you've all seen me at the show. I'm usually just running around like uh, losing my mind, but... Um, (laughs) I am an anxious person in my nature but I think like being able to see that sort of like all the hard work come together and just the team having a great time that's what always does it for me like at the last show that we were able to run in Melbourne at um, the juice is worth the squeeze just like that locker room vibe I'm again you know like and I'm still quite new relatively to the business. So like the locker room etiquette is still something that I am like familiarizing myself with, but just like, yeah, it's just so nice to have people from all over the industry from interstate, even when that's a possibility, like who might not have even met each other before, might not have crossed paths, have not worked together for whatever reason, Um, being in the same space and sharing common values and just, yeah it's just such a cool feeling and then for those people to be able to go out perform and feel like they're putting on their best work um it's just so satisfying to be able to create that platform for people and for the fans obviously to to enjoy our shows and to leave with a smile on their face like that's that's what keeps us coming back I think what what I notice is not only with the like so what you're describing in the locker room of of an industry of fast friends and and mm. people getting together really quickly um i find that your crowd is like that as well where people in the crowd um and i'm i'm or a bit of a i usually stand in the same spot with my friends and and i just see people genuinely happy to see each other at your shows um and it, you can't fake that like and i feel like that's a culture that's that's born out of 
the management down and I think the crowd feel actually like they're part of your shows. And I think that's been a real credit to what you've done. Thanks. Thank you. I, yeah, I think it's, again, like we had that lightning in a bottle moment of coming out of lockdown and everyone was just so thrilled to be back at live events and at wrestling. Um, but, yeah, that's like carried on for us, which is really amazing. And I think it's also just like thanks to support from you guys and, you know, other people who back us that we're able to keep that going and that momentum strong. Um, and for people to want to keep coming back, like that's, a, it's a communal effort. It definitely doesn't just it come from us, but I think we're all leading change in our own way, which is really exciting. And look, as a fan and as a front row guy, um, I've found that I've made better friends, more friends, more diverse friends and deeper connections with people purely because of DMDU shows. So it's, it's for me personally, it's been like enormous for my sense of community and, and for my involvement with a, with a large group of people. So yeah, that, that speaks volumes as far as I'm hmm. concerned. I'm trying to act tough, but you're all going to make me cry. Like this is just a podcast <laughs> of like giving me uh, compliments. All right. <laughs> let's get into, let's get into the tournament then. Let's, yeah, let's sure. talk about this, this death match tournament. Um, how I'm going to start with, how do you come up with all of the crazy stipulations? What's that meeting like? <laughs> um yeah like to be a fly on the wall is uh is i'd pay to be on the fly on the wall yeah I, I can bet like we could probably sell tickets just to that um to our management meetings and booking meetings um <laughs> <laughs> they go off but i just think like there's so many obsessed minds in in our team like and i use the word obsessed in a way that it's just like there's so much passion and love and respect for the art form of deathmatch but wrestling as well um but so for this tournament specifically there's just so much like this this is like for joel this is 20 years in the making this is a 20-year dream for callum butcher like this is his this is his home now this is where he's found his his heart and his craft is just blossoming with this art form so you know just like the whole team have really put their heart and souls into deathmatch wrestling and now to finally have a a platform like the first Australian deathmatch tournament to be able to celebrate the art form that they've been championing for so long that you know not everyone has seen the same as they do um and still to this day maybe some people are, are skeptical but I think just to be able to capture controversy in a way that is compelling and um disproving like the theory that deathmatch wrestling is just like barbarism and, and savagery it's it's actually art at its core and if, if you care so deeply about something the way that we all do if you're so invested in the history of deathmatch wrestling and creating and breathing new life into this art form then like to, to have people see that effort and passion that we all have is it's just like the best feeling um yeah yeah, we're all coming from different perspectives too. Like, you know, we've all got, I learned so much and um, about the history and I, I spend a lot of time going back and trying to get my head around some of these stipulations and being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how, how did you come up with this stuff? Like, how do you come up with it? But it's just like, yeah, it's something else. And to try to explain death, like the artistry behind deathmatch wrestling to someone who maybe 
is one isn't familiar with wrestling, but two doesn't quite understand deathmatch wrestling either. Is is like just to watch their eyes kind of and their head explode. It's it's that feeling that I could just I can't get enough of it. Like, yeah, my workmates are sick of me talking about it. So I think it's really interesting you talk about the history because when I look at the stipulations for the first round matches, it's like a love letter to the past, present, and future of, of deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. So for, for those who, who don't know, you've, you've got your fans, fans bring the weapons match, which is absolute classic, obviously. That's, yeah. that's a hell of a tribute to the past. Um, you've got light tube lunacy. I don't even want to speculate, but <laughs> lots of light tubes, and it's going to be um, mental. Yeah. And, but then you've got a homegrown deathmatch and a jack-in-a-box deathmatch for, for Callan and Damien Rivers. So it's just... It leaves us with that that sense of of mystery as we're walking in. We absolutely have no idea what's going to happen. Mm, you're right about the the love letter for sure. Like the theory behind it all, like the Jack in the Box match from Tournament of Death. Like um, that is going to be like a, an innovation of that original match. Um, I'm excited to kind of see what they what the guys do with that. Um, and then you, yeah, like you said, the homegrown death match, you know, is a tribute to Jap- the Japanese style, and of course, who's better to do that than Vixen and Mad Dog, the you know Japanese legends, Australian legends in their own right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like, I just like admire the creativity that they have and the, and the way that I think deathmatch wrestling is like a tribute art form as well, isn't it? Like if you think about music and the way that it plays tribute and replicates and samples and redistributes and all that like deathmatch wrestling is the same it builds layer and layer and layer on top of each other forever and to be able to keep building that into this like beautiful manifesto of of like this is Australian deathmatch wrestling now that's what I want dream to be that's what I hope dream will be is that it's just this this like catalog of of the past the present and what's brought it here um heading into the future of of australian deathmatch wrestling and international deathmatch wrestling like um yeah the attention that we're getting online for this is, is really heartwarming as well so um and and for people who yes see the stipulations and go oh that's awesome i'm so excited about that and oh i don't oh, i don't know that stipulation like i'm gonna have to do some digging it encourages that curiosity and i think that's that's what it's all about as well right like just digging deeper and finding out new new bits of information. That's what wrestling fans like. We're all nerds. We all like to know everything. So, oh, Speaking of which, you've hit upon a really interesting point because when you think about Dream and D-R-E-A-M being a, a, a clear tribute to Wu-Tang Clan, you're doing exactly what Wu-Tang Clan did. You're, you're taking old classics and then you're refreshing them for a new audience and, and you're, gonna, you're producing bangers. So, Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely like remastering the old and like creating something new that will capture the hearts of like deathmatch loyal fans and and bring in newbies as well i think that's what we've all we've been about since the beginning but yeah it's it's just cool and and even like being able to say that these guys who have worked so hard here are finally they're the new generation as well like there's, there's no doubt about it if you look at the this like talented roster that we have that haven't had the recognition that international talent have had because we haven't had the the platform we have that now so yeah to be able to say that these guys are carving the way for the next generation is really an understatement literally I think. yeah <laughs> literally literally <laughs> carving their way 100 percent. yeah Guido had his way yeah for sure. yeah 
<laughs> with um, light, light tube lunacy, um, do you have a ballpark number of how many light tubes were in, in that match? Because I've got a reliable there, source that tells me roughly over 1,500 light tubes are sitting in Joel's garage at the minute. Um, yeah. And thankfully, them. after the storms we had recently, they're still there. <laughs> I know, I know. That would have and been the earthquake. Faster, and the it? earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. Remember the Melbourne earthquake? We will rebuild. Um, yeah. Like, I think, yeah, probably around, I'd say, yeah, you're right. Maybe 1,500 of them are just stacked <laughs> up in his garage at the moment and then overflowing into the backyard. It's insane. We just keep getting them. They just keep like rocking up at his doorstep and like, enough, no more. But yeah, th- they'll definitely smash a few in the light tube lunacy match. Can't say so how many. Three. There you go. You got three. A few. Yeah, a handful. Three light tubes. A handful. <laughs> They'll probably go rogue and just like lose count. Who knows? But look, there's probably going to be light tubes dispersed all that throughout the night. Poor so projector. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, like lift the projector a little bit higher this time, reposition the ring a little bit. Um, no, just prepare for spooky dust all night is is all I can say. Um, well, that's the thing that there's there's at least three other deathmatch stipulations that we still don't know. So um, when you're doing it, um, how much work goes into having um, so many different death matches and making sure that they are different to each other um, mm-hmm. and then trusting the workers within each match to make their own match special and unique? Mm. Um, lots of brainstorming. Yeah, I think, I think just lots of brainstorming and, like, constant throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks and letting the talent have their, their say as well of what stipulations would suit them and what, and what sort of gimmicks they'd like to incorporate because at the end of the day it's like it's their tribute it's their art form um so making that as collaborative a process as possible and yeah like 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 you said you know it's been stop start stop start but during that time there's been the the group chat doesn't stop like it's just constant why why don't we do this and why don't we do this actually let's do this so I think even until like just this week it's only just sort of like solidified what those um, second round and third round matches will be, which I can tell you if you'd like the scoop. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely just been like a, a creative process that has stretched out. We obviously, over the time want, we the, we obviously <laughs> want the scoop. I can give you the scoop. Okay. So in that second round match, which will either be the winner of uh, Damien Rivers and Callum Butcher and Vixen and Mad Dog, I believe, um we've got fuckery boards which uh oh, if you're familiar with the language <laughs> the other way around okay it's the other way around but I'll, I'll keep talking about fuckery boards for now um the fuckery boards uh, probably speaks for itself but if yeah yeah familiar with the like modern deathmatch language um, it's just just gonna be like insane uh gross stuff that will probably hurt um you can head to Joel Bateman's Instagram uh I think he put it on Instagram yeah he did but also his Twitter um of the giant nail bed that he's yeah, been that. yeah like just who who thinks of that um that's really well, circus people <laughs> exactly that's this is just a traveling circus but um yeah, anyway, I got that the other way around. So the um, that'll be the other two. So that'll be Atlas and Guido and uh, the winner between Joel and York. Um, and then the other match that we have will be the Ladders and Light Tubes, which is the JC Bailey and Nick Mondo tribute from Tournament of Death 2002. So, again, just like 
old and new, I think. But, you know, fuckery's been around forever. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so there'll be more light tubes in round two. And And the the final. The final, that's the big one. Um, (laughs) um, It's a dream death match to pay tribute to the the tournament itself with a shark cage. So if you're a, a fan of... BJW, we have a BJW-style shark cage that's been collecting dust in um, Joel's front yard for, like, months. Um, Funny enough, I at first, this shows you my taste level, but, like, I thought that he had gone and bought a shark cage like the Enzo Amore uh, WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Jericho trapped in the shark cage suspended from the ceiling. And they're talking about, like, you know... Breaking cafe, but they're like running through spots, like, oh, and we'll do a, a Death Valley driver off the top. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and then it, it took a few months later, when I'd seen the cage, I was like, oh, okay, I'm less concerned about this. Like, I'm still concerned, but much less now that you'll, you won't be suspended from the ceiling. Um, so those are the, that's the. <laughs> that's I'm the not sure how you get the shark bait cage up, suspended to the ceiling in that. <laughs> We'd venue. have to tie it to the projector, I think. <laughs> but it's strong enough. <laughs> exactly. it it's indestructible. Um, yeah, oh, so the, those are the, the matches. Insane. And um, I, I think the, the challenge will be keeping the attention of the audience uh consistently all the way through and, and making sure that they don't burn out. But I, I trust that our talent will be able to manage that and be able to manage their own spoons as well. So, well, yeah. It's funny because you've booked one non-death match and that's not going to give the crowd a break either because BDE um, are one of the most high energy tag teams I've ever seen anywhere mm. in the world. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot with that one, didn't we? <laughs> you should have just got two headlock guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be the final. You see, it'll just be headlock. Yeah, so. Red the wrestler, wrestler, wrestler. Yeah. yeah. I've always thought. I always thought. I'd always thought I'd love to see a, a death match that just ends with a roll up at the start. But yeah. oh, absolutely. We can't no, help it. I'm an advocate for the finger poke of doom until the day I die. Like, I think it's one of the best finishes of all time. Still not the worst match I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely. Seen much worse. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a fun tag match for sure. Um, you're right. It will probably be quite high energy, but it'll be a, maybe just a nice shift of pace um, and something just a bit more, like, <laughs> relaxed. Who's cleaning <laughs> the ring for those guys? Those guys have more probably me. anybody. <laughs> probably me. No, I'm, I'm not on sweeping duty. Um, at the moment, I'm on commentary. I'm on the commentary desk, which I'm going to have to sit between Andy Coyne and JXT to make sure they don't murder each other. So that's You that's might need a referee role. shirt for that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might. I think I might need one. It should be a fun night. And a poncho for all the white claws getting spilt everywhere as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to protect the, the microphone desk, like just make sure that the mixer doesn't get spoiled because JXT's going to be losing his mind the whole time. Anyway. It shocks me that JXT ever gets drunk. He spills that much alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, White Claws and draft beer. You're in between the two. The craft beer. You're in between the two. That's like the weirdest shandy ever. That's that's kind of (laughs) good. I drink. I drink that. 
Yeah, I mean, I would too. So maybe I shouldn't be the one sat between them. <laughs> put a glass, put an empty glass in between both, and you catch the switch. It'll um, work. But yeah, the idea, like, so having JXT and Andy and you as the commentary team is obviously a new mix. Um, but I think that'll work. Like, it's um, JXT and Andy have uh, disliked for each other's well known um, after. <laughs> the last 12 months yeah well i mean you know jxt has a way of weaseling his way into things um and yeah of course andy isn't super happy about it but we'll, we'll mitigate it we'll manage the situation and you know what for to give him the credit i think jxt has a really great um he's just a wrestling mark he has a great like vocabulary of of wrestling history he's a big ecw fan so i'm excited to see what he pulls out in that regard um and then of course we've got andy coin just like undisputably one of the best commentators in the country. So um, it's a lot to, to sit between and a lot to live up to, but I'm excited. It'll, it'll be my first venture into commentary, but, you know, I'm, I'm just there to have fun, really. And I'll probably cry a few times, but that's what makes the drama, doesn't it? And you might be sat yeah, there with that. Make... I was just going to say, you, you might be sat there with that beautiful new belt. <laughs> That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. There's, there's name plates, the, the side plates on the side as well. Beautiful tribute. There's, there's probably room for 20 names on there. Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous belt for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the, the legacy that it develops um, in this country, you know, because it's obviously a very unique title to, to what we've ever had in this country. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully it travels and, and hopefully... Uh, it touches every corner of the globe and, and we can give it, give it that prestige that it deserves because um, Australian deathmatch wrestling is is just some of the best wrestling in the world. It just hasn't been seen um, and now it is being seen and, yeah, the, the reward of the deathmatch title is, is, is such an important part of this tournament um, and the life that it will continue to have is something that really greatly excites us. And there's also, there's an argument for so many people in this tournament to win the tournament. Um, I've had a few conversations with people and no one agrees who's going to win. Um, and that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. And I say that interesting because I think it reflects how I feel in that all of these talent deserve it. Like they've all worked their asses off, whether they've been in, wrestling for 20 years or five years or less like I mean we've got York who's you know really only just starting to make waves in deathmatch wrestling but is really proving to be a strong contender and you've got Atlas who's had one deathmatch but completely stole the hearts of everyone in that room that night and who's to say he can't do that again um but then you've got people like Guido who who are he's the only person I believe in the the tournament who's actually participated in a deathmatch tournament before so he's got that experience and you think about the what mad that dog. does mad, mad dog, dog yes of course mad who dog is like, a legend exactly like the just surpasses human ability and, and prestige of like what this art form means to him as well and and vixen too like i think vixen often gets overlooked and perhaps she's had know, some really good matches with you with DMDU, um, yeah. some of my favourite Vixen matches have happened in the last 12 months. I think she's just got a new fire now, a new fire underneath her that she's got this place that celebrates this art form that she's long championed and hasn't necessarily had a platform to do so. 
Um, and yeah, you could say the same about Damien Rivers as well, who's been grinding on the, the independent scene for such a long time and is really the dark horse. I know that's an overused term, but you think about it, he's, he's undefeated in singles and um, people aren't talking about that, <laughs> which is really interesting. So, I, you know, no, I'm, no, I'm he's, excited uh, to see what happens in, in that space if he can pull out a, a surprise, perhaps. And you've got Joel, of course, who... Um, little feet. <laughs> little Joel. He's got really very small feet. Um, <laughs> he, small he, was my, he, feet. he was my choice. Uh, we did a bit of a, you know, picking our favourites. He was my choice with the, the ultimate redemption story, him lose, going on the losing streak and then, you know. It's because he's a loser. Well, he's got small feet. I didn't realise that. So now I've crossed that out. And I've, um, I'm going with Guido. <laughs> why why not? If someone's going to win the Australian, the first Australian uh, deathmatch tournament, why not an American? Mm. Um, you know, he can be a double mm. champ. With his, He's uh, an Australian idol. He has one of the best mullets in Australia, if not the world. Um, and I'm, I'm very jealous to... of his mullet, to be, to be fair. Right. I kind of wish I had that mullet, but yeah, one day. All... I'm about six weeks off it, I think. Oh, nice, Lyle. You're getting there. Yeah, it's, go- it's going. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my tribute to uh, Guido, so you better win. No, yours um, is more of a tribute to the nasty boys. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 in between at the minute. The blonde won't be there forever. So more, yeah. more knobs than sacks, I think. Yeah. Got the knob. Yeah, what, about, what about what about you, Jules? Who have you got? Who are you on? Oh for look, this? I, I have to say my heart is is saying a final of um Vixen Atlas. I, I just want to see that so much. It, that's that's another past and present and atlas was was so damn good in in his last match my head says it's joel versus Callum, and i'm not mad with with either of those and i'm notoriously absolutely terrible at predictions so it won't be mm. good those. <laughs> i um i like i'd love to see mad dog win it um just because of what he's done in wrestling for a long time um and then, yeah, Callan's my number two, I think, because of he's gone close to winning big matches so many times already, and he always seems to not quite get there. Um, mm. So, I mean, it would be a good, it would be a happy story to see him grab the title. I think he'll get it at some stage in his career. And I just, but I just, lo- I think that if you've got a deathmatch title in Australia, at some stage, if Mad Dog's name is on that title, it would be a tragedy. Mm. It's funny, yeah. But there's so many, there's so many good choices. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I, we call Callan the serial choker because he always <laughs> he gets this close, and then when it comes to the big matches, he can't quite get the, get to the finish line. So, um, yeah, can he do it this time? I guess is is the question. So I, I guess we expect him to almost win a match at some stage in the tournament oh. then and choke. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. What a what a cure of people there'll be though in the future because you've got to look at Charlie Evans right getting to the semifinals of the Nick Gage Invitational and mm. you've got to look at people like Neil Diamond Cutters making noises on Twitter. There's, there's there's a whole bunch of people who will just be itching to get over here and uh, and I think I, I just can't wait to see it happen. Mm, yeah, it, it, it's like. <sighs> It's, it's like we've had all this time now to reflect on, you know, what could have been because we had plans with this year and obviously they didn't necessarily go to plan. But at the same time, I don't think that's like 
curbed our potential and I don't think that's curbed the possibilities or opportunities available to us. I think that the world is still very much our oyster and, um, yeah, like the talent that we have the potential to work with is is just really thrilling and exciting and I just can't wait to kind of bring that to life for everyone and for our talent who've dreamed of being on that international stage for so long and to, to be able to wrestle their idols as well in deathmatch wrestling because again coming back to that it's a tribute art form it's a, it's about you respecting the legacy and respecting the impact that your peers have had and being able to just like to be able to thank them for that and, and in the form of going toe to toe like that that's just a gift that I would love to be able to give to to all of our talent eventually Speaking One. of Charlie, Charlie Evans that uh, Jules brought up, just personally, what has it uh, meant to you seeing what she's been doing in the last couple of weeks um, oh. in America? I fucking love Chevs. Um, I mean, yeah, Ch- Charlie and I, like, only met through DMDU. Like, I think I'd, I'd interviewed her for Bronco Busters way back when I was doing that, but it was, like, an online interview, so it wasn't really much of a, an interaction, but, like, I just have so much respect for her as an individual, I think, and like being able to share moments with her backstage in the locker room of talking about what it means as women or, or femme people in, in this industry and like why that shouldn't matter. And if anyone proves that, like it's Charlie Evans, you know what I mean, after what she's just done at Nick Gage Invitational, um, regardless of gender what it what an impact and what an impressive performance like that's that's how you make your name known after all that time that she spent pent up um indoors and I actually shameless self-plug but I have an audio documentary coming out soon with the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia about wrestling and uh, partially deathmatch wrestling too but I spoke to Chevs for that and Sydney had kind of just gone into lockdown and we were just lamenting over that in that recording that we did together. And um, it's really, for me, I'm just sort of living in my own little headspace now where that's about to come out and she's in a completely different place now to where she was then. And it's just really, I'm so proud and I'm so happy for her. Uh, uh, Proud, but I've done, I've played no role in her success whatsoever. Like she was always going to get there. It was only a matter of time. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. It's almost like you guys have got a champion on the world stage to bring some eyes back to you as well. It's really, it's really good timing as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. She's done a lot for us, and yeah, she'll get back here eventually, or, or we'll bring it to her. You know, it'll happen. Um, thanks a lot for your time, and good luck for the weekend. We'll be there, um, and we are optimistic that Lyle won't faint. That's the that's the hope. <laughs> yeah, bring, when in bring doubt, your sick cover bag. your eyes. When yeah, cover doubt. your eyes and, and bring a sick <laughs> bag if you need. But no, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And yeah, definitely I'll make an effort to come say hi. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. No worries.
Welcome back, part two of the show. Fantastic chat with uh, Aaron there, boys. Really looking forward to this tournament on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Um, and I've got no idea who wins. Like I know we touched on it during the um, during the interview, but I've got no idea who wins. Who do you think, Tony? Uh, I think whoever can handle the fuckwhackers <laughs> will be the eventual winner. I like. I, you've I been like. you've been called that a few times. I'm pretty yes, sure. I have. <laughs> have you ever been able to handle a fuckwacker? No. He, I he handles me in the group chat. Poor. He handles me in the group chat really poorly. So no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they were called, were they? I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. She oh. mentioned she mentioned the, the fuckery board going to be in the second round. The fuckery boards. The fuckery, fuckery boards. boards. Not fuckwackers. Okay. Oh, what a fuckwack. I'm but, telling um, you what, Tony, that should have been in their group chat and their creative. I'd love to see um, a new tag team based on the Bushwhackers <laughs> called the Fuckwhackers. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if Joel's listening, can we rebook Big Dude Energy versus Cool Guy Squad to be Big Dude Energy versus Cool Guy Squad versus the Fuckwhackers? Triple threat. <laughs> Book it. Play it. Uh, so maybe I got that wrong. Uh, uh, you got it right, Tony. Don't worry. That'd be your first off. time for everything, Tony. <laughs> the fuckery boards, okay. The fuckery boards. No, yeah. I, it, it, it's going to be fun, even though you know, I'm going to be anxious watching it. Um, you know, the, the team at Deathmatch Down Under, they're having fun with the stipulations like they do with their um, creative show titles. Um, it's going to be good to get back to watching live wrestling. Yeah. Um, been a while for us. I, I, I tell you, so I've missed a merch table. I've missed, missed buying T-shirts. And there's mate, uh, you shouldn't be buying t-shirts yet, mate. You haven't your uh, transformation yeah. hasn't finished. You'll be buying <laughs> rebuying the same shirts in a couple of months again. I've I've already bought Joel shirts in two different sizes, but um, I have heard though, if you want a, a little scoop, that Joel's got some pretty cool new merch coming out on Saturday. Ooh, and cool when I say merch. pretty cool, I probably mean pretty hot new merch. Hot merch, Ooh. I like that. Interesting. So of course, that. you can get our you can get our merch from wrestle, uh, wrestlermerch.com. Cheap plug. It was uh, a. <laughs> hey, you made me buy one. <laughs> you I didn't let your, me on the show until I bought one. I liked your little hint there, Joel. Uh, Correct. Sorry, Joel. I liked your little hint there, uh, Jules. It was very saucy of you. Oh, I, I, as a British man being brought up on uh, Carry On. It's definitely saucy is in my uh, vocabulary. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. If from the start of start of this second segment, to Joel's going to be having fuckwhackers at merch stand already. This is it's good production line. Well yeah. done, Tony. All right, let's get straight I feel into bad it. For Joel in the remake of Cinderella, because the shoes apparently aren't going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to kick off the AEW full gear review? I'll, I'll kick be it one off, of the Tony. two people that have seen it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best to not cry. Um, I've done enough for that over the, the weekend. Um, yeah, this is, you know, 10 match card, eight nice matches, short one over, over delivered. Um, the hype was real going in, amazing from uh, top to bottom. Um, MJF and Darby solidifying themselves as the future of the company. That's in ring match of the night, you know, for for myself, the only thing better was the hangman story at the end, um, which tipped that over. 
But um, yeah, those those two guys put on an absolute classic yeah. opening the show. Um, what was interesting to me is how they opened the show and they told you from the start this was a professional wrestling pay-per-view because that was yeah. professional wrestling. And and one thing I will say is nobody does a suicide dive like like Darby Allen. He goes 110 even, miles an hour. It's it's even, crazy. Even Cornet, even Cornet liked that match. Yeah, no, that that right there is telling everyone MJF's not just an amazing, <laughs> phenomenal promo. He can work. Yeah, they both guys had their working boots on. Darby only had three or four of his insane spots, so it mm. wasn't a stunt match. This was rest, you know, professional wrestling. You know, they're coming out with takedowns and holds and counters to start. Um, you know, a couple of the people watching a little bit closer, there was a little bit of Halloween Havoc 96, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. A couple of sequences in there that they, they put in, which was great, obviously, on the anniversary of uh, Eddie Guerrero's death. There was a lot of um, tributes to Eddie during the show. Yeah, um, yeah absolute and, banger. And, and there were also Channeling Flair versus Sting, which I particularly enjoyed. With with MJF um, doing the the flare struts and and the obviously the sharpshooter slash scorpion deathlock, you know it, it was thoroughly enjoyable if you were into WCW for sure. Yeah, and creative finish as well. You know, with the sliding over the skateboard to get uh, Darby DQ'd and him rejecting it, and then MJF the slimy bastard getting the diamond ring out of his trunks and winning with the. The headlock takeover, like he said he was going to after nefarious means. So, no, great way to start the pay-per-view. Fantastic. Let's move on to Japan, guys. There's plenty of news coming. We spoke about one match on an absolute bag of oh, pay-per-view. How long do you want but let's not, let's not cover want? all ten. No, no, I'm just <laughs> saying that's the best match of the game. And then, obviously, yeah. we've got the Hangman two-year storyline. Um, I was crying from the start. I messaged Jules. Um, when they did the special entrance of him walking down Minneapolis in an empty street on a horse. I was already crying pre-match, knowing he was going to win, hoping they didn't screw us and him not win. Um, you know, this, this storyline been going for two years, slowly weaving through Hangman not having the confidence and losing his best friends in the, in the tale as well, you know, coming up short time and time again. You know, absolute crazy match. You know, these guys pulled out all the stuff. Omega's working injured. He can barely move his shoulders, but that didn't stop him. You know, the, the story at the end of Nick Jackson, you know, teasing that he was going to stop the uh, Buckshot Lariat, then not, and Matt Jackson teasing and then giving the little nod to say that it was all right. You know, it is your time. Had me crying again. And then, Winning the title, pinning him, you know, one, two, three in the middle. Yeah, I just, yeah, from two years to now. What if, it, you, if you're crying watching that, you should never watch Marley and Me. I <laughs> watched Marley and Me the other week, actually, and had a cry. I've watched it two or three times. Um, yeah, oh, what can I say? I, I do like to cry, and wrestling makes me cry the most. So, no, it was a great way to finish a long pay-per-view, but, um, yeah, well worth it. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm very quickly just, I'm such a 2005 wrestling dork that seeing CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston for the first ever time had my feels. Uh, shortest match on the card, 11 minutes, um, and it was nice and stiff, just how I like it. What a fight. Just a fight. 
No fucks given by both guys. CM Punk getting booze from the crowd and leaning into it with the uh, five-knuckle shuffle tees. Uh, but knowing what he's doing, both guys baby faces by the end of the match. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the Eddie Kingston redemption story of him finding his way. And, yeah, because he's coming up short as well. Yeah. Something very cool. Mm. Anything else you'd like to say about AEW, Lyle, or you? No, no, that was it, Tony. I appreciate uh, giving me uh, two matches to review. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to hit you with a fuckwhacker very shortly. <laughs> You better copyright that, Tony. Someone's to going to hear this. To be fair, yeah. to be fair, Tony probably would wouldn't cut you out um, off if you threw a couple of jokes into your reviews. <sighs> uh, you can't. Well, you can't when you're talking just classic wrestling and you classic storytelling. Yeah. You know, so it was. It wasn't a joking matter. How can you go from there's always, nothing else I want to say to then continuing to say something? Yeah, yeah. there was a long gap. I, I support you, Tony. He did give a long pause. I listen you. to you two guys finally being on the same page here. Oh, it was we... like when, yeah, it, the pause was that long. It was like when I we try and get Lyle to ask a question during an interview. It was, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go to Jules. Jules, he's kept you quiet. Sorry about that. But you've got all the New Japan wrestling news. Oh, just, this is a golden time for wrestling. There's too much wrestling on TV, and that's a great thing. There's too much good wrestling on TV, but... Um, just thinking about uh, the World Tag League and the best of the Super Juniors happening at the same time, just splitting off now, but a couple of big stories coming out of that is the, the Takamichinoku coming back to Suzuki-kun in New Japan and getting the absolute piss beaten out of him by his own gang. So it was like he, he left the family after stealing their money and then he came back without it. He was absolutely murdered by them. So the fact that, and I've never seen this in wrestling where you've Poor got, Taka. Minoru Suzuki's his tag partner, screams at him to get up after being beaten up in the middle of the ring. He doesn't go in and help him. He just screams at him to get up. And then um, the finish was simply Taka not being able to get up. KO finish with his own tag partner, just not doing anything about it. I, I, that's legit. It was it was brutal. So there's a lot more to come with the Suzuki game story. There's going to be some more ructions coming away. That's that's for sure. Um, um, Jonah Rocker has turned up. Oh, Battle in the Valley, which is uh, in America. That was a really good show too. Like you said, there's so much good wrestling, um, you know, coming out and squaring off against Moose. So is it maybe uh, showing up on Impact, a little bit of a tease there, and then, you know, you know, beating up. Moose is uh, your favourite too. Well, he was once. <laughs> Jules had to go and wreck that uh, off air. I think that was. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think any of that made it to air. No, no, good. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. To be fair, you didn't know any of Moose's backstory. No, um, I didn't. But look, uh, I think that's probably the best place for Jonah to, to to land. To be honest, I've been saying it for a while. I think that Japanese hard, strong style is is Jonah, and I think he's going to do well there. It's, it's really healthy over there in the US. And, and the fact that people are travelling between the US and, and the UK and Japan is, is super good for New Japan. Yeah, How and that, that means he can, you know, he can do, you know, US indies as well, hmm. um, which is good. You know, the US indies are firing at the minute. You know, Jonah's got another wrestling figure coming out with Junk Shop Dog, which is an Australian figure company. Oh, he's doing well. And he has an exceptional mullet as well, so... 
Yeah, you um, left us on red. Uh, maybe we didn't go through <laughs> the right channels because, well, we didn't realise he'd already signed to New <laughs> Japan. So um, maybe we'll go through the right channels and see what we can do. Um, Did I see something that uh, Farley's on a comeback? Farley coming back as well. as a big stark difference between Taka and Farley. Taka came out and got worked and got beaten up like shit. Um, Farley came back and took one bump and left. It was amazing. Oh, one he is the, generally the, back. The, the genius of, of Japanese wrestling. Comes in, walks around a bit, takes a bump, walks off. It, it, he's just a mastermind. What a worker. Great pay, though. <laughs> and and finally, what, I, what I will say is that um, Tanahashi's hair is worth the price of the New Japan World subscription alone. It is the best hair potentially in, in all of wrestling. Jules, how did your oh. favourite wrestler, Buddy Matthews, go? Oh, in the valley? I didn't yeah. watch the valley. What? Oh. Lyle, you watched it. I, I watched it. Obviously, New Japan have big plans for him, putting him in the ring uh, up against Okada, uh, first time in. Um, yeah, really good match. I think they left a little bit in the tank that they could do this rematch. Um, you know, both guys have. But only Okada's probably one of the best in the world. Buddy, you know, I know he hasn't done a lot in the short term, but. Some of those matches he's putting out on 205 Live. I think, Tony, you probably just missed them yeah. um, with your reviews, unfortunately, because he's putting banger his after banger with, um, that five people were seeing. Um, his match with Roman, his match with Roman on, on Raw was yeah, amazing. Like, I don't think he has bad matches. I think this works, works well. Like, you know, he probably has the best chest in all of wrestling, even bigger now. Um, you know, so he's just been in quarantine and, you know, just Working training because he hasn't been and able to chicken. work Yeah, for the last 90 days. Um, I think they've got big things planned for him. Um, he's going to go straight in that heavyweight division because of the size of him. Um, so, yeah, if he sticks around New Japan strong and then hopefully gets over to Japan when uh, he's able to. Um, Okada put him over big time after the match. You know, getting the crowd to cheer him and, you know, he picked him up, shook his hand, you know, they hugged. Okada won, obviously. But, yeah, I think there's big plans for Buddy Matthews. Sounds like Buddy one. Matthews has got big things planned for himself. Well, he's going to take over the wrestling universe. I have to say, I don't generally watch strong because I've got a limited amount of time to watch wrestling. But with with Jonah and with Buddy Matthews, there's it's two very, very good reasons to start. Then I assume you won't be watching WWE Survivor Series. Or well, maybe 1989 Survivor Series or 90. I watched that on the weekend. <laughs> it was excellent. Wow, I feel like I have to watch it now. <laughs> we reviewing that next um, week. And we- Next week, no, no, yes. we're reviewing. No, no, we're reviewing the probably the prop the this year's Survivor Series, which it's had a strange build. Um, I don't know what's really happening on the show. I'm assuming there'll be a few interpromotional matches. Uh, Becky Lynch came out during the week, and I agree with her here. There's no stakes. Um, she said, even if there was a banana, like if the winner got a banana, at least there's stakes. There's no stakes to this show. Um, I've been a, always an advocate for. It's Whoever. a vegan show. There's no steaks. Hey. <laughs> well, even they'll have a mushroom steak. Yeah, um, <laughs> and even if 
the winner of the the winner should have got should get the number thirty spot in the rumble. In my opinion, it's that means that everyone's got something to fight for. Um, but as it stands, it's a little bit outdated. Um, Survivor Series the been going that Survivor way the last couple, last couple of years. You know, bring back the old school random teams together, cutting the promos. You know, no, no that's that's yeah. a cluster. <laughs> well, I don't know this. Yeah, they call it one of the big four. Definitely not anymore. Um, Charlotte and Becky may have some interest because of their issues. Real well, they don't have bad issues. matches. Yeah, you know, they don't have um, bad matches. It'll be a good match. I don't think the, the in-ring product is never the problem with WWE, especially over the last couple of years. It's just the creative, like Big E versus Roman. You assume Roman just wins. Um, where does that leave Big E? Um, so there'll be shenanigans. Know, yeah, um, but yeah, it just feels. I didn't even realise until you were putting the run sheet together that this was this weekend. It's that far off my radar no, you, at the minute. Yeah, yeah. You're the one who you're the one who reminded me that it was. Yeah, on. I just asked. Um, I was like, oh, I know it's roughly around this date. Um, should I? Well, Tony, Tony's the summer. Tony's a Survivor Series expert. Yeah, he went to one. The one. That's right. And you survived. Went, you remember when I went to Chicago? Never heard of it. No, no you kept this quiet. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was a good weekend. I, any any of those pay-per-view weekends where they go for four days. and well, you they the, don't do that anymore. No, no, but yeah, that was no fantastic. Takeover. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and the pay-per-view. That was a, a massive weekend. I see so um, you, NXT is going to be going to – they're going to be changed to PG-14 is the rumour. And that might make NXT a better show but that is going to make it more difficult to transition from NXT to the main roster, in my opinion, because you'll be over for being a bit edgy and then you won't be able to do it. Hmm. Well, they've got to try something. Throw it's something true. at the wall it's and true. see what sticks. All right, moving um, on. Maybe well, just stick have a, with something. Just get an Aussie to have a poker match in the middle of the ring and then beat up his opponent, cut his hair and beard. Done. I like it. I think they did it today, so. Oh, okay. Closer to home, uh, announced this week, MCW versus PWA coming up in December. Worlds Collide, streaming live on fight, Tony. MCW yeah, streaming live on fight. Um, should be good. Uh, it's exciting. Um, yeah, PWA obviously coming into Melbourne to do the private function show. Um, and MCW have taken exception. So now we've got a some sort of a code war between the two. Yeah. I mean, you know, territory. Well, I wonder if it's going to lead to more of these into promotional shows, whether we're going to then see MCW go and invade Sydney. Watch this space. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Well, it's yeah, interesting yeah. to see that um, you've got uh, Royce and Mitchie together and they've got a surprise third man for Speed Force. So I think someone better check to see if Hulk Hogan's been double vaccinated to be the third man. Spoilers, sorry. I'm pretty sure it's Mabel who's the third man. Uh, Bruce Pritchard told me. Um, Eric Bischoff maybe said that. Uh, Aman the Kid would be, be great with Mitch and Royce as the third man. Um, well, that's what I tweeted today. Maybe that's where I, I got that. the information from. Maybe I was stealing it. Um, it's a joint account. Maybe I tweeted it. No one would know. <laughs> <laughs> now this is good. You know, finally going live. 
um, on fight, you know, streaming uh, on the 19th of December. Um, you're going to the show the night before Welshie, aren't you? The private, private function still on top. Yep. So, you know, it's good going to full weekend of wrestling in Melbourne again. So, yeah. I'm, I'm gutted that I'm, I'll be in the UK. So it's, it's, you're gutted, sorry, you're gutted so that upset, you're going to yeah. be in the UK. That, that, that's not right. Well, if it's the same night as Tottenham Liverpool, you probably will be. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if they're going to make that that um, three on three or four on four. They might have to get the uh, might have to get rubbish Ronnie Garvin in, like the four by fours. You know, Jim Duggan, Bret Hart, Ronnie Garvin, and Hercules. Uh, I think the four by fours will go down well. PWA versus. Uh, MCW, okay. Hey guys, uh, seriously, Jeff from WrestleBrain is just old in, so I'll bring him into your chat. I can't stick around and talk to him, Fennigan. I just don't want to do that. So I'll leave you guys to have a chat to Jeff from WrestleBrain. It's all yours. All right, guys. Before we wrap up, I've got a uh, hang on. I'm hosting. Why, why are you interrupting? Well, I've got a special guest coming on the line. Big yeah, right. friend of the show, a friend of mine personally. I've got uh, Jeff from WrestleBrainia. Welcome him in, guys. The fuck? Hey, hey fellas. How you doing? Hello, Lyle. Why isn't How this on the run she? sheet? Well, well I said it was a surprise. Did Tony That's just good. duck off? Did he just run off as soon as he seen Jeff's name in the Zoom? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess you didn't say it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> this is, you see, Jules, this is typical. They talk over me. They don't let me get a word in about the Why show. Why are you here? I'm here to push the show, the real show, the show that you are not part of. Lyle, I've got your ticket. Thank you very yes. much. Thank Don't worry about it. Thank, you. Thank um, you. So that's why he's here. Anything for a free ticket, Welshie? I mean, I got, um, no. I, I got my Big ticket show day this one. weekend. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you this much, though. I can tell you this much. I went for a walk today. That same bloody van was following me around, and I finally cornered your lawyer. Your lawyer, Dennis no, Donato, we, we I, said, I said, what's it going to take for you to stop? He said, I'll work for you. I said, right, I'll double whatever they're paying. So for $25 and two lolly bags, he now works for me. Yeah. Lolly bags is code, Jeff. Yeah, that's different. That's a lot different. That's why he only fifteen dollars. Um, didn't we cut him during the lockdown? Yeah, we, we, we did. Uh, we cut him during lockdown. So he's uh, he wasn't on retainer anymore. <laughs> he's still spruiking that he's still our client. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hang on, what's this WrestleBrainy? I didn't even know this was on. Well, it's uh, what we're doing is we're pairing with a wonderful folk at DMDU, uh, and we have the current DMDU Tag Team Champions, we spent youth going up against the test of the upper crust. So Aisha and Murdoch against Darcy and Atlas. It's going to be a great afternoon, 4 p.m. at the That's Catfish. That's going to be a shit show. Where am I? <laughs> You're at home, mate. I'm the reigning champion. Uh, we're, we're the reigning champion. Uh, let me just clarify one thing. Your ticket's in the way, on the way, Lyle. Shut up. Uh, okay. Let me just clarify one thing. Let me just well, clarify. Got the trophy. You've got the trophy, but it's the Comedy Festival trophy. I don't have to put up with you for another five months, mate. For well, five months. I'll win this. You're not going to be there. You're not invited. I don't want to see you. You don't understand, mate. If I, I win. Of you. If I win. Can I get booked on your next special? You're not going to win. It's not going to happen. All right. I tell you what. Ah, oh, jeez, this kills me. If you win, 
You can be on the next one. Uh, but that that's that sounds fair, Jeff. And I and from the bottom well, of my heart, I promise no ticket? shenanigans. No shenanigans. I'm just going as a fully comped member of the public. All right. So no shenanigans from us. How about you, Welchie? Any shenanigans from you? Well, I don't have a ticket. Yeah, good. There we go. There we go, Lyle. Well, how much are tickets? How much? It's tickets are only fifteen dollars. They're available at the door. You can get them on Eventbrite. You can go to our page. You can go to the DMDU page. You can go to the Catfish page. They're all over social media. It's going to be a great show. Uh, lots of fun and surprises. And as a bonus, no Welchie. No freaking Welchie. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You can... Oh, with this. Just put on a pair of shorts while she and uh, say you're Lyle at the door. You take my ticket if um, if I'm arriving late. I'll need Lyle, to do some know, leg raises before that. Lyle, you know I'm on the call. You oh, idiots don't even realise I'm still on the sorry, call. Still here. So, um, oh, Jeff. Uh, yeah, thanks. Can someone cut Jeff off? We need Tony back to do that, don't we? No, no, I can do it. Okay. All right, he's gone. Thank goodness for that. Uh, Good riddance. Don't need to know Sorry about that, guys. Um, I did. I did. I forget to put that on the run sheet. I apologise for that. Yes. Um, one yeah. free ticket Tony, for me. Yep. Tony, I'm going to win. I'm not. I'm not allowed in the venue, but somehow I'm going to win this WrestleMania. All right. We'll look forward to it. Hey, let's have a look at what's coming up in wrestling uh, on Friday, the 19th of November. Nathan. Saturday, the 20th of November. Deathmatch Down Under presents. Australia's first ever deathmatch tournament here in Melbourne at the Arrow on Swanston. Ryan City Wrestling in Adelaide bring you Scarstruck from the Riot City Wrestling Academy in Kilkenny. Sunday, the 21st, WrestleBrainia is on at the Catfish in Fitzroy in conjunction with DMDU. That's pretty much all the wrestling for this weekend, but great to see things are starting to hit up again, which is great news. Boys, always good to catch you. There could be more, but I'm, I was pretty lazy and looking yeah, around. Right. I just did a few right. searches. That's if you've right. got events you want to promote, hit us up and we will put it on our run sheet. We definitely certainly will. Hit us up. Well, I'll catch you fuckwackers next week. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> have fun. Hey, Tony, right before we go. Yeah. Very exclusive news on, I mean, it's probably just been announced online. I just don't want to not have it. Um, Renegades have announced their latest signing. Um, and they have hashtag signed Shazza. There you go. Finally. Finally, the hashtag has paid off. Big get. Yeah, very good. She's, she's about to go to America next year. There's going to be a lot of eyes on her. So this is um, a very yeah. good get. Very, very good get. Well done, Renegades, on that one. And well done, you guys. Thanks for a big show. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to you catching us again right here on the Turnbuckle.